What's going on, podcast? It is Colin of Colin's Conversations, and we have another one of my conversations coming up. Quick ad, skip it if you need to, listen to it if you like it. Either way, we have Kate from Positive Vibes in Ravenna. She is a Reiki master and just an overall really nice and cool lady that I think you're really going to like hearing from. We got about a half hour conversation from when Maura and I went down to her shop and learned all about crystals and Reiki and all sorts of healing. So check it out and let me know what you think. And if you're in the Ravenna area, don't hesitate to stop by Positive Vibes. It is a really cool shop. Check it out. Let me know how you like it. So I'll let you introduce yourself, okay. who you are, where you started, all those fun things. Well, I'm Kate Cunningham. I am the owner of Positive Vibes. Um, it is basically, I like to say it's the one-stop shop for your body, mind, and spirit. So here we offer a lot of holistic services. Um, and then we also sell a variety of items to help you on your journey, whether it's herbal teas or crystals or smudge sticks. We try to source everything locally. And we also do um, workshops and retreats and all that. And it's been in existence for about a year and a half, but it's been probably a 10 year project of figuring out exactly what I wanted to try to bring to fruition and all bring all the little parts together. And before you got it into business, like what in your personal life got you into the holistic, the teas and all that type of stuff? Sure. Uh, so there's a couple reasons. Uh, probably the biggest one for me was in 2011, right after I graduated from college, I had a stroke out of nowhere. Um, I was super healthy, played basketball, ate right. Uh, no one could figure out why, um, and I ended up needing a heart procedure, and I was on all these different medications, and I wasn't feeling well at all, um, and I felt like there has to be something else. Um, I'm a big advocate for modern medicine, but it, I felt like I was missing something. So I started to explore um, different holistic uh, services. And Reiki was the one that stuck and really resonated with me. Um, and then uh, I started to uh, continue my education with that. And it ended up serving me really well because I have uh, three beautiful children, but one of them has um, two rare diseases. So it's helped me a lot with him and the rare disease community and other kids that have uh, rare diseases as well. Gotcha. And uh, for the novice, what is Reiki? Yeah, so the way, this is the, I love, this is the easiest explanation. So we all have um, chakras that are along the center of our body. And the center of your body is called your meridian. And there are seven of them. And those um, have very physical, uh, mental, emotional, spiritual houses, I guess. So if you have a very persistent physical issue, oftentimes it can be because you have an emotional block in one of those chakras. So if we can identify it and work through it and clear it um, with energy work, um, 
then you can get that energy flow, that chi back in to help alleviate those symptoms. So it's basically, I sometimes call it an oil change or a tune-up, uh, like your car would need a tune-up. Um, we all need an energetic tune-up every now and then. So it's just a really gentle, non-invasive, passive way to feel better. And is it, is it massage, is it oils, is it sound, is it a combination of everything? Explain, like, start, if, if I were to make an appointment, how does a Reiki service go? Sure. So traditionally you're trained, there's different types. I'm, um, a, it's called a Yusui Holy Fire Reiki Master. So there are very traditional hand positions um, that is not like massage, it's real light touch. I usually try not to say a laying of hands, but when I say that people have a visualization. Um, everyone's practice is different. I always say everyone has like a different handwriting. So we all have a different things that we incorporate. Um, I'm very herb based. I use a lot of herbs like plant medicine, crystals, and sound. But there are other people who are more like based in religion. So they use a lot more of that like iconography, um, Christ consciousness, that sort of thing. Everyone's different. Some of it is more shamanic. Um, but for me in a typical session, someone would come in they do a guided meditation that helps them sort of relax and also helps me ground and center. And then um, we usually use like singing bowls or shruti boxes, different sounds that help raise your vibration. And then we'd work starting on your, um, the top of your head, your crown, and working down all the way to your root at the bottom of your feet with those Reiki positions. And then during a session I might lay um, different plants or crystals on your body. I might use some certain essential oils. Some people come in specifically and ask, you know, can I, can I use oils or I don't want crystals or um, that sort of thing. And then I always do a ceremonial cleansing. So we use sage or Palo Santo um, to sort of seal in the session at the end. And where does the Reiki, where does that come from? To me, it seems like it's like a, like a Himalayan type origin or what's the history behind it? Any idea? Yeah, so it's interesting because um, so Reiki as we know it here in the United States uh, was brought over in the 80s. <laughs> um, but in the 20s, um, there's a guy, Misao Yusui, and he actually you know, discovered what is known as Reiki. Uh, there's all sorts of different types of energy work, but he was really able to tap it in harness into this specific modality. Um, and so William Lee Rand brought it to the United States. Um, but if we look through back through history, Reiki really resonates with Christ consciousness, um, the idea of like just pure love, uh, very selfless. The person who's actually giving Reiki is just sort of like a vessel for whoever you believe in, uh, the divine, God, the universe, aliens, whoever, <laughs> to work through you to the client. So um, as far as now, uh, it's showing up in all sorts of different ways. Like maybe in the past it didn't stick because there was politics attached. Like if you think about uh, Jesus or uh, Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King, other iconic figures trying to bring in that same sort of consciousness and uh, through you know dogma or politics or religion it doesn't stick but Reiki allows it to stick so that's why you're seeing more of it it's always been here but you're seeing it more because it's coming through something like Reiki instead of an individual so it's making a bigger impact gotcha. collectively yeah
and uh, you mentioned that it's kind of like the tune-up, the oil change. Is, yeah. it, is it something that we should do, you know, every 3,000 hours, or is it just like, as, <laughs> is it, like as life just presumes itself? Like, it's, like how does the occurrence of something, like, once you get into the, the, the practice of it? Sure. So I think every person is different. Um, for me, as a Reiki master, I practice Reiki on myself daily. There are some people that come to you specifically because they experienced a trauma. Maybe it's a sexual assault, maybe it's PTSD and it's a veteran, maybe it's um, they're in a car accident. So they have a very specific need. So depending on how many sessions, sometimes it's one session and it's an aha moment, a light bulb goes off. Other times it's something that you really have to kind of chisel away at. Um, the people that I see that have chronic illness or going through something like cancer, MS, Parkinson's, or something that's you know debilitating like severe anxiety. Uh, I see them maybe twice, two to three times a month. Other than that, sometimes most of my clients I see monthly, but there are those people, like I said, that they're, they had something traumatic happen um, and they really just need a push to get things started. So they'll, they'll wind up here, they're not sure why, and then they have an aha moment. Um, but also there are people who are just curious about it because they're hearing about it. So they'll just come in and try it. But I, I think personally, you know, once a month is really nice, mm -hmm. even for your own self-care and self-awareness. And it gives you an opportunity to check in with yourself. So that's what I would recommend. So at least once a month. Yeah. Got it. So I'm only like 30 times 12. I'm only 480 or so behind. Like, right. Not yeah. Too bad. Yeah. Not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like that car with no oil. I'm like I'll make it. It's right. All right. <laughs> and uh, you said that you're a master. What, what's all involved in like the certification process? I think I saw on the wall that you guys do certification here as well. Yes, we do certification here. When I started, I actually didn't think I was ever going to become a master. I was only going to do level one, learn these techniques, and then the more uh, involved I got in my own personal practice uh, and the way that I saw it completely changed my life. I just thought if I can learn these things and teach them to people and it changes one person or improve one person's life, it would be worth it. Yeah. So um, there, it's nice because now especially uh, Reiki is a lot more accessible and affordable to be certified in. I talked to some of like my Reiki master or people who are older than me and they paid, you know, between seven and $20,000 to get attuned it's called an attunement um, but now there's people who offer it you know in the thousand dollar range so it's nice as an alternative too if you're someone that really wants to get into this energy work it's more affordable um, it can lead to a, a really nice beneficial career um, so there's levels there's Reiki 1 Reiki 2 something called ART which stands for advanced Reiki training and then master level um, so there's technically four attunements sometimes people combine them but it's only, you know, I think like Reiki one and two is like 10 hours. A Reiki master is two or three days. So it's not something like when you think about traditional education of having to go to a class. A lot of this work is stuff that you're doing. You're looking inward and doing a lot of internal work. Um, and then after that, it's really just about sharing those gifts and tools that you learn with the masses, whether it be animals or people or nature there's all, i love that too because it's not in a box so you can really use it in a variety of different ways gotcha 
And what makes, is there, um, like, kind of like you said, traditional education, like people go for the degree because that paper gets you a job. Is right. Having that master certification, does that make you just more appeasing to clients, or is there things that you're learning as you're progressing in the education? Sure. So, um, Reiki 1 is considered a practitioner. A lot of people who are massage therapists, yoga instructors, even nurses, like to get it as an add-on to whatever their background is. It's a great tool to have. When you hit Reiki 2, you're learning symbols, which I think is a really beautiful experience where you can send Reiki across the world. Um, time and space doesn't exist. So it gets a little bit bigger, it seems more infinite, um, and there's more possibilities. Like the tea you're drinking, it's Reiki infused tea. There's symbols in that tea. So those Reiki benefits, whether, you know, instead of a traditional, uh, appointment you're drinking in the Reiki goodness yeah um, but then uh, ART and master you're learning how to give an actual physical attunement to others and it's sort of like the most advanced that you can get so most people when they're seeking someone for Reiki guidance they do look for a master um, but I know you know there are several people who are Reiki level one or two and they have very thriving um, practices uh, but I think if it's something that you really want to be your work, then you should go through your whole the right. completion, the master. Now, can you teach to become a master? Yeah. Okay. So I teach um, Yusui Reiki, and I teach Yusui Holy Fire. Um, the only difference is, is in 2014, uh, I was talking about these symbols with Reiki too. Uh, Holy Fire became a sort of an add. It's like an add-on. Um, so some people choose to do it, some people don't, uh, but I love to teach. It's one of my favorite things. Um, and it's interesting because I think when I got into this work, you picture like, you know, a bunch of like hippies and, you know, you know. I totally didn't picture any hippies when I came to a place called Vibe. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what's it's so interesting to me is of the majority of my students, you would look at it and never expect. Uh, so a lot of them are social workers. Some of them are teachers. Um, some of them are attorneys. Some I of them are stress people. Itself. Right, and some of them are, um, you know, heavy duty people. But the, the vast majority of the people that are learning these skills are people who are really taking them and using them in the workforce. Um, so like social work. Oh my gosh. I, and I wish I knew these tools you know, when I was younger, because I think that it could have really helped me throughout life. So I actually, the youngest student I ever had um, was 16, and I thought that was awesome that they had really wanted to take this personal journey. And the oldest student that I've had is 86. Oh, wow. So like, like I mean, like it really is, it doesn't, every all different backgrounds. Yeah. yeah. And uh, let's go a little bit away from the Reiki techniques and stuff and you mentioned the tea this is also a tea house as well right yeah yeah um, how did you decide to incorporate that I mean it, it sounds like it kind of goes with it but what made you kind of specialize also in tea sure so um, as part of my Reiki practice like I said everyone has their own signature um, as a token of appreciation when someone would come and see me I would send them with a crystal to take home that would help them and tea and then it got to the point where everyone was like that tea made me I need it and it was like it really helped me and I actually slept or uh, you know it really helped my, my digestion or whatever X Y and Z and so they asked to have um, it and they would come in and I said sure I'll make it for you um, 
and then it just started I was started to plant more flowers and herbs and had this abundance of it so I just thought I'd give it a try and people love it um, and I love doing something like that too and I think when you teach them about the different plants and herbs and flowers and what they can do for yourself it's also exciting because then they go home and they plant them yeah. and it's something that is a shared experience with their families you know there's mothers and fathers who are planting these with their children and they're learning about what these plants can be used for and they're incorporating them in their diet and and so I think that that's a really beautiful thing so I want to keep cultivating that and expanding it and growing it so and you said a lot of it a lot of or all of it what is in here came from your house particularly yeah most of it does um, so anything that I can grow I grow um, and then the stuff that I can't <laughs> I look I source locally so instead of using like a wholesale account and getting it from someone I either go to different farmers markets or I love the Kent co-op right in Kent off 59 they're great people and they have like bulk um, of dried flowers and herbs so even if it's during the winter season and I run out of mine I'll go there because I really feel good supporting them and what they do there so do you think there's any like additional healing or things by having the local grown oh yeah I think too I like knowing where it comes from it's all organic there's not any pesticides it's not there's no mold uh, it literally came from you know three blocks yeah. <laughs> so I think that that's important and I know that the co-op is very mindful about where they get their things too and at the farmers market it's nice you start to develop these relationships with people right. and I love knowing you know like hey Sandy grew this and you have a face with you know the tea and, right. and the ingredients that you're using I think that's really special absolutely yeah and uh, you mentioned all the different ingredients how they kind of help digestion or sleep or different yeah. things um, if you had to give a top five of herbs that everybody should include in their daily daily routine what would they be um so I love lavender um, that's great uh, for helping you sleep, but also for anxiety. I personally deal with um, anxiety, OCD, PTSD, so I like to incorporate that. Um, same with chamomile, that's a great one for that. Um, then mint, uh, spearmint or peppermint, it's great for digestion, tummy aches, it's also great for ladies who are menstruating, so that's good. Um, I love rose. A lot of these have like anti-inflammatory qualities so that's great too um, and then I think a lot of people steer away from dandelion or dandelion root we were talking about that yeah I've been a landscaper for a long time and it's one of those it's amazing to me like I've not really dived deep into it but I've seen all like the like vitamin C it's yeah. like 2,000 percent or something crazy. in a single dandelion and yeah. instead instead of like harvesting these things and using them we're like you know what pour a roundup on there right. some weed and feed yeah. get rid of it so dandelion is definitely one I wish people would explore more and be more open to. Do you have a recipe for a dandelion tea that everybody can make at home if they don't have Roundup dandelions? Yeah. Uh, so actually a lot of people want an alternative to coffee. Mm -hmm. um, so we do a black tea that has some caffeine in it um, with dandelion or dandelion root. And then if you like sort of that like spicy chai tasting, um, add some nutmeg, some cinnamon, even some cardamom, clove, um, and if you want to brew it with water you can, but it's awesome with like a coconut milk or an almond Ooh. milk. So it's a nice alternative to coffee that has all those vitamins and minerals you were talking about, but also is really high in fiber. Um, 
so there's a ton of benefits with dandelion, but that's uh, a great alternative. Uh, <clears throat> how is it processed? Like, is, do you get it like dried, or are you just like going straight like from from the yard? You could use it that way, or what's the best way to use a dandelion? So I, when I do the teas, I dry everything. Um, but if you're gonna, you can eat it. Like I know there's a lot of people that just pick it and eat them, or incorporate them in different salads. Um, there's also people that I know who do like a summertime tea, especially in the hot months. You put some like water and honey and other fruits or even other herbs um, and dandelions and let it in a mason jar and let it sit under the sun. So you have like sun tea, people use that in that way, so. Nice, um, and let's move, I'm looking at my tea, but I'm also keep getting distracted by all the shiny, beautiful colors of all the crystals yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, Talk about crystals from like an elementary point of view. Sure. Like what are they good for? Are each one of these different? Or like how do you incorporate them in everything that you do? Sure. So we all have a certain vibration. Uh, our own vibes. Yeah, our own vibes. And there are different, everything has a vibration. Um, and so different crystals carry a certain vibration. So if there's something that you really want to work on, um, like say, like these big pink ones. Um, this is rose quartz. So this is an awesome one for like self-love, love, unconditional love. So if you are self-worth, so if you're, those are things that you're worry, uh, you're working on, you can either wear them. Some people carry them in their pocket. Sometimes people place them on certain parts of their body. Um, sometimes people infuse their water with it. So it's raising the vibration of the water. They get those vibes in it and then they're drinking the water. I will say that if there's a crystal that ends in ITE, don't put it in your water. <laughs> so it's toxic because you want to be very careful about what you do. Um, but there's ones for grounding. There's ones for protection. There's ones for anxiety. There's ones, for, I mean, literally anything that you can think of, you can use a crystal for it. Um, so I, I love them because it's a very tangible thing, you know? I think that sometimes Reiki, unless you've tried it, people have a hard time understanding it because it's something that they can't physically touch, you know. Um, but after they experience it, then they're on usually on board. Um, but the, the crystals, I like that you can actually physically hold them. Especially if you're like an anxious person, it's a nice thing to have. Um, to be able to like, like a tumbled stone you can rub and it can bring a lot of um, comfort. And so, How about the one on your neck? Is there any significance to that one? Yeah, so uh, there's a couple different ones. So this one is an agate slice, um, and I recently was doing some like womb work. Uh, I'm a mom, and I have three kids, and so today we had an event here, and I wanted to set my intention that I was going to bring some healing to my womb. Um, so that's why I have that, and it just like, actually falls right where it would be. But, yeah. Gotcha. And uh, I know we came in right on the tail end of the event, but what type of events do you guys put on here? Sure. So, I one of the biggest things I want is for people to feel like they can come in here, ask questions, try something, and not be intimidated. Like, there's no stupid questions in here. And I want people to, it to be accessible and affordable so they can try it. I don't think that your health should be a luxury. I think people should have access to these things, especially in communities like this, like Ravenna. Um, so we do healing circles where maybe you can't afford to have a Reiki treatment or a massage, but every second Friday from 630 to 9, you could come here for free, meditate, receive some healing. Um, usually there's either someone who's an LMT, a Reiki master, crystal healing, uh, 
cranial sacral, reflexology, all these different modalities, it's an opportunity to try it. We also like to do things that are like a make and take. So we were talking about herbs and things in your garden. So in the spring and um, summer months, we use a lot of locally grown um, plants that we can make sage or smudge bundles out and teach people how to, rub, uh, how to wrap their own bundles and take them home. Um, art therapy, we have an art therapist that's coming next month. Um, so it, they, they really vary. Um, and I try to do stuff that it would be within all sorts of different comfort zones. Like we can get as hippy dippy as you want or as, you know, quote unquote normal uh, <laughs> as you want. So we do all sorts of different workshops. We also put on retreats. We have one coming up about um, safe touch and connection. Um, so, I mean, they're all different. Uh, some of them are day retreats here. Some of them are, you know, on location, other places. I sometimes try to incorporate other local people. So uh, in the past, we've done stuff with, like breakaway excursions in Manaway. They have kayaking and um, they're great people just if you want to have like a more active retreat. And other ones like the event today is all about being an advocate for rest. And what is that? And what does that look like? And breath work. Because um, sometimes the hardest thing to do is to let yourself actually rest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so today was a sound bath and meditation with Gwen uh, Hashimoto, who's awesome. Um, so they're all over the place, really, yeah. Gotcha. <clears throat> and uh, you're the business owner now. Yes. But what was it like going from, I know you've had a real jobs, yeah. to being self-employed. What made you take the jump? How did you know it was time? Um, a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, so I had been toying around with uh, wanting my own business for a long time. There was a lot of fear around that because I'm a mom and I have a son that has two rare diseases. So when you're used to being in an environment where you know every two weeks you get a paycheck and you have benefits and all of these things, it's very scary for anyone, but especially I feel like if you have other people who are dependent on you to walk away from that. Um, for me, I think it was a blessing from the universe. I literally uh, kind of got the rug pulled out from underneath me and I had to decide, do I want to go back into the workforce or do I want to create something for myself that makes more sense for my family and is more fulfilling? Um, and so I chose to take a risk and luckily, you know, I had support from my husband the first couple of years were like really scary uh, and figuring out what works and what doesn't a lot of its trial and error but for me I think the biggest thing has uh, been believing in myself that I don't really need you know I think when I first started out I was like oh I can't couldn't possibly be successful on my own we need to have a yoga instructor we need to have a massage therapist we need to have this let's fill this place with 10 people let's have it be a group thing and I think the most empowering thing that came out of all of this is that I am capable and I can manifest this on my own. And um, it's not, and to me, I was kind of scared to do it on my own, but it's not. I have this community and these people that come in and different opportunities to collaborate. Uh, but it's been awesome, but it's a lot of trial and error. Um, but I think, especially for someone, I have a personality that is. Uh, very outgoing, very outspoken. Uh, I've always been sort of in a leadership role, so I don't. I, I like to steer my own ship. <laughs> so this was a great opportunity for me to do that. Um, but I'm. I. I don't regret it. Yeah, I'm definitely glad I did. 
and uh, sounds like we already got the biggest positive, but what, what was the hardest thing in your time as, uh, as the entrepreneur? Was there any one particular time where you're like, I don't, I, I'm ready to close the door? Yeah, um, I think that one of the biggest lessons that I had to learn was uh, trusting other people and also checking my own ego. Um, and I think that, that this type of work really forces you to check your ego. Um, when I owned Crystal Child Collective and Man Away, the idea was that we would create this community, an opportunity for people that I would be pretty much in charge of one big space and then rent out spaces that were very inexpensive to other people so that they could grow their and cultivate their own businesses within one place. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, when you get that many people together, it only takes like one bad apple to spoil the bunch. Mm -hmm. So while I wish everyone the best, I mean, it was, it just got real, it got to be pretty tumultuous, I guess, is that the word? Uh, very unstable. I was worrying about like, well, am I going to be able to pay my rent or uh, what are we going to do? Um, and I actually, uh, a couple years ago, came uh, to the decision of either I'm going to close the doors and not do this type of work and go back to work, or I'm going to try one last time. And so I tried here. Um, and when I originally started here, it was me and this other woman, her name is Stacy Seacrest. She's a very successful hairstylist, but she has a lot of the same beliefs that I do as far as trying to use like cruelty-free, all-natural, and she's also just a really good soul. Um, I feel like with her clients, it's almost like therapy because they come in and they talk to her and they might come in feeling a certain way and when they leave, they feel beautiful and better and supported. So I felt like it could work really well and it did for a long time. Um, but Ravenna's been so receptive to this place that we just got so big so fast that we both needed our own houses, you know, okay. for our businesses. So she's only a block away down there and she's doing her hair thing. And I decided to stay because this space really does have a certain, I mean, you're sitting in here, I feel like it has so much comfort and it radiates an opportunity for people to heal. It's very nurturing and where it's situated is easily accessible. But I'm glad that I stuck with it because uh, it's been very successful and I feel very humble and and honored to be able to share the space with people so gotcha where do you see vibes in the next couple of years you said that you're growing rapidly do you see franchising do you see other locations just really honing in here what, what are your visions your goals so I would love to be able to offer job opportunities to my community um, ultimately I'd love to be in a position where I could you know, hire people to work here. Um, and another thing that I've been working on is um, collaborating with the University of Kent uh, with their women's center. Uh, a lot of victims of sexual domestic uh, violence and providing different services with them. And also branching out into their other groups like the LGBTQ group and um, women of color and multicultural groups. There's actually like a men's group, different groups, and trying to make this accessible for college students too. Um, but I'd love to collaborate with other uh, organizations. Like Coleman is a trusted one here um, for you know mental disabilities, um, addiction. Even they even have a, a place for people who have Alzheimer's or dementia, which Reiki's great for that. Um, for me, I'd rather keep this as the nucleus, but then branch out in the community and have develop bigger partnerships with people. Um, and I'd love to, like I said, be able to offer 
offer job opportunities to people. So, And uh, I love the idea of job opportunities, but finding the right person is always so hard. Yeah. What is the, your number one suggestion to people on hiring? Um, I, I so it sounds so hippy dippy, but trust your gut and your instinct because in the past situations that haven't worked out, I had that initial feeling of like, uh, and it, you know, so I would say trust your gut, but I also think that their beliefs and what your mission statement is, what you're trying to achieve, it has to align with theirs. So, but a lot of it is just try, I think, trusting your instincts. Right, they always say uh, the things you overlook initially are going to be the downfall later on, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we covered just about all the main things. Um, how I like to end all the interviews is go ahead and look dead in the camera and you get up to one minute to give any message you want. We call it the digital soapbox. Whether you want to have people tell them to come here, if you just want to tell them about you know, what your end mission goal is, you get a minute, whatever you want to do. Okay. Whenever you're ready. All right. <laughs> um. I would like to encourage everyone who is uh, struggling, going through um, anything that's mental, physical, emotional, even spiritual, to be open to the idea of holistic services, whether it's Reiki or yoga, crystal therapy, any of these things, and marrying them with whatever your protocol is, whatever your treatment plan is. Because I think that when you do that, that's where these miraculous things can happen. Um, and I would encourage everyone to reach out in their community because there's a lot of opportunities um, even here like for healing. I know other hospitals like Cleveland Clinic UH, they're really branching out and offering services for a lot of people. But to just be open to it because once you open yourself up to it and allow yourself to receive, it can be life changing. And here at Positive Vibes, we welcome everyone. It doesn't matter where you come from, what your background is, you can come here. You can just sit and drink tea, you can receive healing, um, but yeah. It don't matter where you are in your life, you don't have to do it by yourself. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you liked it, let me know. If you didn't like it, let me know. If you really liked it, let everybody know. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to. iTunes, Spotify, Podcoin. Let everybody know about the podcast. Thank you again, and we'll see you next episode.